0: Hello, Stephen.
1: Hello, Erica.
0: We have completed the faceless ones.
1: It's done. This old, new to you mm-hmm. story of Doctor Who mm-hmm. is complete. Yeah. Feel sad.
0: I do. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised that Ben and Polly left at the end of it. I kind of had in the back of my mind a thought that you know, because I've I've he- sort of heard the the names of the leaving and and arrival stories of pretty much all the companions. So. I I kind of had a niggling in the back of my head that maybe that this was the one, and then when they like were in it so very little, I was like, yeah, I think this is this is it for them, and yeah, this era is not uh, not always very strong on goodbyes for the companions. I mean, this is not like Dodo level. No,
1: they pretty much got dodoed though, cause-
0: no, they got to come back and actually say goodbye. <laughs> or did they?
1: Well, they did and they didn't uh, because the their closing scene was shot on film, mm-hmm. which of course back in those days, they shot the film sequences for the entire story mm-hmm. before they went in to do the episodes each week. Mm-hmm. So they were done after episode two.
0: That's what I figured. Yeah. And I just assumed that they were gone because they were actually gone. And yes, that they had mm-hmm. pre-shot a scene. But in terms of the... In terms of the way that the story plays out on the screen, they did not get dodo because they got to come back and say goodbye.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a shame because I think um like maybe they could have done the same thing in the war machines, um mm-hmm. on which this takes place the same day, uh, which is kinda <laughs> cool. Um so yeah, they had what what had happened was that Innes Lloyd and Jerry Davis thought, Well, these two aren't working out. What? Um Yeah.
0: You guys are idiots. But, well you passed people in the past you're idiots
1: (laughs) (laughs) um and they originally had thought that this was gonna be a four-part story i think and i think they were contracted uh to cover this four-part story which eventually turned into a a six part and then another four part after that but once this became six they thought well we don't want to have like two episodes into the next one and write them out. So let's just write them out now, pay them off and bring in who we think is going to be the new companion in Samantha. You notice that her involvement sort of dips as well in the last two episodes. (laughs) I wonder if you can sort of tell where Pauline Collins uh, gives them uh, the no for wanting to continue. Um, and so, so yeah, after the, uh, they don't even get a proper like goodbye on screen. Like they just sort of like their last scene happens as they're basically being abducted separately mm-hmm. uh, and they shoot the their last scene of the story basically first.
0: Yep. But I still, I still maintain that they get a proper goodbye.
1: They do, uh, mm-hmm. but I think only because they shot it, they mm-hmm. ma- managed to be on film. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... There's a bit of, of location stuff on War Machines at the beginning, but they shoot the final scene of that with Ben and Polly coming to the doctor at the TARDIS, after which, you know, mm-hmm. Dodo was gone already, so, yeah. And she wasn't contracted, I don't think, for that episode, whereas mm-hmm. Annika Wells and Michael Craze were.
0: Yep. So... Um, yeah, but I'm happy for them though. I like I like that they get back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that they don't have an awkward amount of missing time like poor Ian and Barbara yeah. ended up with. Uh, so they're able to just you know pick up and continue on with their with their lives. And I think that one thing about current Doctor Who that really bothers me is this idea that nobody can ever choose to leave the Doctor, mm-hmm. and I hate that. And it makes me angry. Uh, and I, I think that that you know contrary to what the the showrunners seem to think um, it is entirely possible for a well-balanced human being to go and travel with a doctor and have a wonderful time and a scary time and a terrifying time and a sad time and mm-hmm. and and an you know energizing great time and wind up back on earth and decide you know what that was that was amazing and that was a chapter of my life that I would never ever trade in for anything yeah. but it is you know I want to stay home and I just I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility for a real person, and I hate that they make it seem like it is in New Who. So I love the idea that Ben and Polly are just like you know what we finally made it home we did it we and especially in this uh,
1: Shout, computer
0: yeah especially in this era of uh, of the TARDIS not being able to be controlled mm-hmm. are are like you know we may not ever get another chance so let's take our chance and stay on Earth, yay. So I yeah. I, I, apl- I applaud their choice to exit mm-hmm. in story
1: and not miss a day mm-hmm. of their lives. Technically, they yeah. can still ca- Ben can still go back to ship and become an admiral, <laughs> and Polly can look after Ben.
0: Jeez, <laughs> oh, Doctor. <laughs> Uh, Although, you know, in a way that, you know, who needs looking after? It's Ben. (laughs) It's not Polly. That's
1: true. I just find it so amusing that over the course of many months that Polly's been in the TARDIS, the doctor's never once asked, so what do you do for a living? It's like, and Polly, you can look after Ben.
0: (laughs) Yep. Well, I mean, she was, when she met the doctor, she was was a secretary, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. So you know i don't know if it would have been worse to say and you can continue to be a secretary it's not like in those days that there was a career trajectory That's for true. women who were were working as as secretaries so mm. i mean you know what are you going to do
1: and they and they basically wrecked her job mm-hmm. by taking down um Wotan right Wotan was a pretty pretty notable employer uh <laughs> so you know think about all the job losses yep. that the doctor inflicts on places wherever he goes you know chameleon tours is now like <laughs> up the spout, so there's some people mm-hmm. without a job there, too.
0: Yep. Oh. Yeah, so, Polly... I mean, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Big Finish or whatever have, have radconned what, what happens to them. I know that they... I believe they end up <coughs> together according to, according to Big Finish, which, obviously, mm-hmm. who else are they going to end up with? They need to be with somebody who's going to understand what they've been through, and they get along really well. That's I love, true. I love Ben and Polly.
1: Yeah. You could say Ben is polyamorous.
0: I'm not even... I know <laughs> you make bad puns
1: I'm allowed to do it once in a while
0: yeah. come on all right fine you can have that one mm-hmm.
1: so the story proper what do you think of the last three episodes
0: um I'm really glad Samantha did not become a <laughs> companion she's dumb flip it uh, I mean I I like I like the fact that she's sort of a go-getter and and wants to to contribute but I think they went a little too far with that and made her just make stupid choices. Like right. the idea that she's just going to buy a ticket and get on the plane and see what happens mm-hmm. is stupid. Mm-hmm. And not that all you know, there are plenty of other Doctor Who companions that make stupid decisions throughout. And doctors. <laughs> and do- yeah. Yeah. ah, but it's not stupid for the doctor to right. do it because the doctor has the resources of you know hundreds of years mm-hmm. of of experience and an understanding of the kind of machinery and. You know, whatever kind of nonsense he's going to run into. That's going to be way beyond the the likes of anybody who grew up on Earth in the 60s. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's still a super huge risk for the doctor to do something like that. But it's something the doctor has done over and over again and he has lived through. So I I think that that's... I'm I'm okay with the doctor making that choice because it's based on something. Mm -hmm. Whereas... Samantha just being like yeah I'm just gonna go see what happens Mm -mm. and I mean and then the fact that she manages to it's not like she dupes Jamie into it but she sort of forces his hand in order you know he wants to save her and the only reason he lives through it is because he gets sick which I think is good I I I appreciate the fact that they didn't suddenly make Jamie, I mean he Jamie's not stupid by any means, but they didn't suddenly make him super clever. Mm-hmm. Uh it was just sort of happenstance. And I love the idea that they work it into him, you know, obviously he's never flown before. He's scared to start with and airsickness. Yeah, sure. That's that's a thing that's probably going to affect somebody who has no idea what mm-hmm. to expect. Um so yeah. I I think that was a a nice little way that it worked out.
1: I think so too. I love the um the cliffhanger for episode four is just great because you know up until now it's been this this story about you know you know sort of strange alien beings but it's all been in an airport and they fly off and the airplane goes and then all of a sudden the airplane like switches into this weird shuttle and then there's a big giant spaceship in earth i i just think that is such Mm -hmm. a marvelous switch there Mm -hmm. and then you know this cool space age corridors and everything like that i thought it was a very cool twist did you like that bit too
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah Yeah, I did And I also like the fact that they worked into the story The fact that you know they have They have a convenience to get there and back So that we can have this story that takes place In multiple locations And yet Don't have to rely on the TARDIS which can't actually Be piloted to get them Shuttled back and forth to multiple places So it's I think it's a a neat little Neat little piece of work
1: Yeah they jump around a lot in the last like few minutes Of the story where they're on the spaceship Then they go down to Earth, okay. to find Jamie and or did, was that still on the spaceship? I can't remember now.
0: I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Uh, when they when they, when they <laughs> find Jamie and um, Crossland, were they on the ship or were they on Earth?
0: They were on the satellite at that. They point. They were on this. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. I, I totally missed that for some Because the telesnaps mm-hmm. used clips of them in the room where. They didn't have telestaps for it. I can't blame it for that.
0: I can. Okay. You do. <laughs> oh, my God. I I was re- I got really mad at the reconstruction, actually, at the end, that they suddenly <laughs> started using using shots of uh, Jamie and the doctor in the office in the Chameleon Tours yeah. warehouse, which is not where things were happening. No. Uh, that's uh, you who know this story and have seen it before. got no. confused by it. So can you imagine somebody who's trying to experience this story for the first time mm-hmm. and understand what's going on? Um, at least this version had the that we were watching has the uh, BBC um, like linking narration by Fraser Hines. Yeah. So you know you can kind of close your eyes and you don't necessarily need that to know where they are. But mm-hmm. thank goodness I was paying close attention because at i wasn't because i immediately i actually said out loud i said what the heck
1: yeah <laughs> when the, he said the doctor said like oh don't worry about him he's fine or something like that but they never actually mentioned who he was nor did we see who he was
0: no that's what i, I was saying oh. what the heck at the picture of the oh, telesnap was that was it? Okay. yeah because suddenly there they are and yeah. it's and the telesnap is taken from the earlier scene um from from one of the much earlier episodes where the doctor and jamie are searching the office for the secret hidden door mm-hmm that's where that's taken from and so okay technically yeah it's the doctor and jamie searching for something but it's totally in the wrong place and very misleading and i wish they would have just had no picture at that point or left on the screen whatever the previous picture from the telesnaps were that's uh that's that's poor it's yeah. poor very poor
1: yeah they didn't doc uh doctor too many images the only one is when Saint, uh, jamie surprises Samantha by kissing her and then stealing the ticket. They just took a still from the later kiss in episode six Mm -hmm. and put it over a different background. They could have maybe done that a little bit for that one scene because you're right, it was a, it confused me. Mm -hmm. Although I am easily confusable.
0: Uh yeah but i was it was just an interesting story i liked i when everybody disappeared at the end Mm -hmm. of uh, episode three and i was like oh my gosh what happened and then to find out that they were actually miniaturized and you just you know the the way that the camera shot you couldn't see what was sitting in the in Mm -hmm. the seats and uh i i was interested that it was like everybody was miniaturized and accepted it's in a way that they can be brought back unminiaturized on like the uh the Master's Tissue Compression Eliminator, yeah. which we'll see later. Uh, and the uh, the whole, the faceless ones, the chameleons, they are so on their high horse. They think they are just the smartest, the wisest, most intelligent creatures in the galaxy or something. Universe. You're, and yet, they are dumb. They hid the bodies in cars well, in the parking lot. parking lot. Where they'll never be found. Um, and they weren't even, like, in the trunk. No. They were just in, in car. cars and i realized at th- at first i was just uh, scoffing over how ridiculously stupid that is at least there's a line in there somewhere that said um the director is saying to captain blade you told me you put them someplace where they wouldn't be found until their life force had been drained away right so you know we don't know how long that takes but still the idea that there would be bodies visible through mm-hmm. the windows in a parking lot that wouldn't be found for a long time. I just yeah, they I I I find it actually pretty funny that they think that they're so great and yet at every step of the way they're pretty much not.
1: I wonder if they uh, scouted out Earth perhaps before during rush hour and assumed that this is what people do in these weird conveyances (laughs) is to gather on roads and just sort of stop there and not move. And so they thought, perfect, we'll just place them in there and it will be like one of these rush hours of which we've heard. (laughs) And they just assumed that was normal. LOL. Side
0: cannon. Yeah I just I like this This story there's a lot Of back and forth I do Think the um, oh another uh, Dumb thing on the part Of the faceless ones is The the the,
1: the people not the Story
0: right okay the the Chameleons yeah uh, is the Guy's decision instead of Shooting the doctor and uh, And Sam and Jamie with His ray gun no he sets up Some contraption with some Laser light that slowly Like a James Bond Villain very slowly creeps Up on them and he just Leaves and leaves it to Happen Mm -hmm. I, I was trying to headcanon a reason for that that made sense. I was like, oh, well then maybe it could give him an alibi because they die when he's somewhere else. And I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense because they're going to die by weird electrocution. So he's not going to need an alibi because nobody's going to, you know, they're clearly going to make it so nobody finds these bodies because that would just raise a whole, bu- whole bunch more questions. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's no good reason for that. That was one of those like doing mm-hmm. it for the sake of the script and for the sake of drama. But that kind of trope of the slow impending death is such a delightful bit of uh-huh. B sci-fi that I, I just didn't mind it. It was just fun.
1: I can't remember. Well, two things. I I think that, you know, he needed to dispose of three bodies. And so he could either shoot them and, but, you know, he had, he, he didn't have the power to dispose of three bodies covering up in a tarp or moving them somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I thought, how about he do this laser thing and it will burn them, allowing me enough time to escape.
0: So you think that that thing would have <clears> just <throat> entirely cremated them so the bodies would have been gone?
1: I believe so, because it oh. it, it picks up some... It burns something else mm-hmm. in the path. Okay. And so perhaps that's why it was being done. That's my headcanon.
0: Okay, that's a, that's a decent headcanon. I still think it would have been <clears> smarter <throat> to shoot all three of them and then set up the laser thing Mm -hmm. so that the laser would uh, would immolate their bodies um, ensuring that they're not going to go anywhere because they're actually dead but i guess you could think oh there's only so many charges in this in this Mm -hmm. ray gun so eh, whatever all right we've we've had canon enough around that that was just a a moment that caught me by by the eye roll
1: i I think is it um don't don't at me people my my knowledge of individual um james bond films are not Strong, but is it Thunderball or Goldfinger that actually has the um, the scene where Sean Connery is strapped to this bed and the lasers coming down?
0: Is there a James Bond movie called, like, Dr. No or something?
1: I don't think it's from Dr. No. Oh. That's the first one. But I don't think that iconic scene is from that. But mm-hmm. I think it was from either Thunderball or Goldfinger, which was either 64 or 65, which was relatively recently before this. Mm-hmm. So I imagine they were sort of, like, doing a bit of a bit because I think mm-hmm. he actually gets out of it the same way. He uses a mirror to uh, deflect the light back at the laser thing. So this was, I think, oh. a direct homage to, um, mm-hmm. to James Bond
0: Wow! So mm-hmm. we get our first little James Bond homage yeah. uh, before we turn the entire show into one. Pretty much mm-hmm.
1: in the John Pertwee area. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you you get the I said at the beginning of this whole thing that it was a Malcolm Hulk mm-hmm. co-written script, and you can see where the Malcolm Hulk angle comes in because at the end they don't blow up mm-hmm. all the uh, all the chameleons. Um, most of them are actually quite reasonable <laughs> and it's only the director it's only like that's the thing about Malcolm Hulk's scripts is that you know um, other scripts would sort of say that oh yes all there are monsters they're all enemies they must be defeated whereas Malcolm Hulk likes to paint with shades of grey a little bit and perhaps they're misguided be what they're doing but they're not necessarily evil and so Captain Blade who's sort of like the villain throughout the whole piece is actually the one who is coerced and convinced that what they're doing is wrong
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's it, it, Was it the director who had the line about how humans have just the same amount of intelligence of animals on their planet? Or was that Captain Blade? It might have
1: been Blade or even um, the other one. I can't remember his name. I, I don't remember.
0: Anyway, I, I mean, I, I do find it interesting that <clears throat> the director is very gung-ho about all of this and the people who end up being more reasonable because their very lives are in danger at the end, but uh, are also they're the ones that have spent the most time with human beings interacting with them. So, you know, there's a part of me that wonders, maybe, maybe they came to realize on some level that human beings are not as dumb as animals. Mm -hmm. They're actually, you know, it's, it's still worth it to the chameleons to kill a bunch of humans, thousands and thousands and thousands of them Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, a way to save their own species and when push comes to shove, like, you know, probably most species would would choose to do that, but uh, I do like the idea that, you're right, they, they end up being reasonable and especially that the doctor is willing to let them continue their existence mm-hmm. and not only that but he wants to help at the end he might you know he says I might even have some ideas for them so who knows off <laughs> what happens off screen yeah. does he scribble down some some notes to send back with them is he hoping the TARDIS will eventually land on their home planet who knows but but he's willing and doesn't doesn't want to cause them all you know great grief
1: spoiler alert we never hear from them again
0: yet <laughs> also, we there's no,
1: they don't they're not, they're never actually properly named. They call them the chameleons mm-hmm. or the face, but they're not even called faceless ones. They're only mm-hmm. called that in the audio narration. Um, yeah, they don't even have a name. I don't think do they? Mm-hmm.
0: No, 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 they don't. Like
1: usually, we are the mm-hmm. Xfourians from the planet X four, but they never say that.
0: They just feel that they are important enough that they don't even need to go around mm. saying their name, like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like somebody who feels like they're so important at a convention that they don't even wear their name tag, <laughs> you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Like oh, that. I'm that cool. That's
1: true. Mm-hmm. Faceless ones are just like that. Yep. Those people that just sort of walk around and says, "Excuse me, don't you know who I am?" <laughs> and says, "No, you're just a pile of goo in the shape of a of a humanoid. I am afraid I don't know who you are. Please go to the back of the line, and we'll serve you later."
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Anything else about uh, about the faceless ones? The, the, the experience of watching a brand new story pretty much for you was, uh, how's that?
0: It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I really just, I just enjoyed watching it unfold. Mm-hmm. And I was enjoying it so much that we watched, you know, three episodes <clears throat> at a stretch and it yeah. didn't, it didn't feel like it was dragging and I didn't feel like I wanted to, to stop or take a break or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Good stuff. I, I, I don't know the Patrick Troughton or John Pertwee eras all that well. So, I mean, this is, this is probably the last story that I, like I said, I don't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know anything about the plot, mm-hmm. um, but there's still, there are still plenty that I don't, that I only know the broad strokes, yeah.
1: so. Uh, do you know what the next story is?
0: I don't, but I know that, oh, that was a nice interesting wrinkle at the end, yeah. that suddenly it's like, oh, you know, we were told the TARDIS was here and the TARDIS is not where it's supposed to be, and now... It it was kind of a cool last shot. I don't know if it was the real last shot, but the last shot in the recon is uh, the back of the Doctor and Jamie walking along, um, you know, off to to try to find the TARDIS. So it's got to be something that at least starts on Earth. I don't know. Is it the invasion? Oh. No. No. Okay. Then I don't know.
1: It is the evil of the Daleks.
0: Oh, okay. You know, I guess that's one that I don't know a lot about either. Yeah. What do you know about
1: that one? Do you know anything at all?
0: Uh, I'm guessing it's got Daleks in it. They are and, Daleks in it, and I bet they're evil.
1: There is some evil going on in this story as well. Yes, from from the Daleks.
0: So maybe 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 I've got more new to me who uh, to look forward to than I thought. Oh, speaking of the Doctor and Jamie walking off like yeah. that, this was very, very like these last three episodes had some some great Doctor and Jamie mm-hmm. moments together. They just you know they're they're a team. They're a good team. Yeah. It works.
1: It's sort of the beginning of it, mm-hmm. and uh, so we we see this pretty much now for the rest of the sixties. Mm-hmm. This this little duel, because it's it's all them with you know mm-hmm. Victoria and or um, oh, right. Zoe in there.
0: Of course, it couldn't be the invasion because that's Zoe, and I we know. have we have an entire companions run to get through before we get to that point. Okay,
1: we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, one episode exists. Episode two of the Evil of the Daleks. And, but the recon that we have is similar to the one for the faceless one. So there's narration Mm -hmm. and stuff happening. I think, if not, I'll be very disappointed (laughs) with myself some 10 years ago when I, 15, it's a long time ago when I've written these DVDs, but uh, I hope it's that one. I think it is.
0: Cool. Well, I look forward to that. I wonder when we'll watch it. I have no idea. Not now. No, not now.
1: No, but later. Later. Soon. Ish, Maybe. Hopefully.
0: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.